You are listening to WTUZ Radio Podcast. Welcome to WTUZ Radio Podcast. I am your host, Rob. Um, so today's uh, podcast, this is part eight of our series, Black Rulers, uh, Black Rulers and Bloodline Royals, part eight. And if this is your first time joining us for this series, I highly encourage you to go back excuse me, to the beginning of this series, uh, what we are doing is literally going through the um, monarchy of Scotland and England and going through all of the different houses, the dynasties, and linking up how um, they're related to one another and also how these rulers were all melanated, a.k.a. black, uh, specifically, if you want to get really, really specifically, uh, specific with the bloodline, they um, originated from uh, the bloodline of um, Moors out of Africa. And the first one to start the monarch was Kenneth McAlpine or McAlpine, and uh, just to just at a real high level, we'll go through that. So, uh, the one of the main sources for this series is the Negro Rulers of Scotland and the British Isle by Dr. John L. Johnson. Uh, so, just real quick, we are going to go over. Um, McAlpine, uh, who started the whole monarch of uh, Scotland and the British Isles. Okay, so Fergus Moore Negro, Kenneth McAlpine, but it's also known today as McAlpine. Uh, you have Donald McAlpine, Constantine McAlpine, Edith McAlpine. Uh, so you see all of these McAlpians, Constantine II, Malcolm, uh, Endolf, and then you have Kenneth the Niger, okay, Dub or Black, Cullen. Uh, so just to give you uh, the successions of rulers that came from Fergus Moore. Alpin. Okay, so the following rulers of Scotland, regardless of their blood connection with Kenneth McAlpin, politically selected other dynasty titles as the House of Dunkel, House of Canmore, House of Blau, House of Bruce, and the House of Stuart. The Moorish House of Stuart continued to rule both Scotland and England in AD 1603 until it was succeeded in AD. D 1714 by a German rule and blood kin of the uh, stewards called the Hanoverian dynasty. This dynasty was succeeded by the Saxe-Coburg Goth dynasty. Okay. 
1917, the dynasty was renamed the House of Windsor, which still exists today. Okay, um, so again, we're going over the rulers of Scotland and the British Isles, how these monarchs were set in place. Uh, they were started, this entire monarch dynasty was started by Fergus Moore, so Negro, Black, however you want to categorize that, a melanated man, okay? And all of the folks related to him were melanated and folks that he appointed in positions were melanated, um, Okay, so the Windsor, the um, the white bloodline did not start to really happen until you're going into uh, the late, I say the mid 1800s. Um, specifically, we know the House of Windsor <clears throat> was an appointed name. And we do know to the day that dynasty is white. Now, whether or not f some say that that dynasty has no blood relations to McAlpin, the Stewards, etc., etc., and some say they are related. Okay, but nonetheless, just giving you a breakdown at a high level of how it all uh, started. Okay, so the forefather of Kenneth McAlpin and all of his descendants was Fergus Moore, Negro, Black, or Niger, who was the first king of Scotland. Okay, all right, so uh, I'm just going to skip past this. All right, so it says in the great gallery of the place of Holly Road House or Rood House in Edinburgh, there exists 89 portraits of Scottish kings, plural, from Fergus Moore, Negro, to Charles II, the black boy. Okay? So that's how uh, we started out this series. So we are literally going in chronological order, going over to different rulers of Scotland and England, and we're just cross-referencing with this particular source, which is giving us uh, the kings and queen of ancient Britain. Okay? All right, so we left off with uh, Stuarts. So let's go there. Okay. Uh, and, and as I'm scrolling to get to the stewards, you can see the different um, other rulers. We went through Macbeth and all of that jazz. Okay. So let's get to Robert Stewart. Okay. I said Robert Stewart and then I clicked David. <laughs> Robert II Stewart. The Negro Moorish Catholic King Robert II Stuart was the first Stuart King of Scotland. 1317 to 1390, he succeeded his uncle David II, 
the son of Robert the Bruce, whose father was Robert the Bruce, Earl of Carrick, a descendant of the Negro Moorish King David I, who was the great, 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 great grand nephew of the Scottish King Kenneth the Niger. The name Stuart means black. It comes from the Norse word swaft. Robert II's son, John Stuart, was called Black Stuart because of his black complexion. The colorful king, Robert II Stuart, is the 17th great-grandfather of Elizabeth II. Okay? All right. So we're just going to um, continue through. <clears throat> the Stewart bloodline. So this is Sir John Stewart. And again, this source is the Negro Rulers of Scotland and the British Isle by uh, Dr. John L. Johnson. Uh, so you get to Sir John Stewart. He's um, Negro Moorish Christian. Sir John Stewart was one of King Roberts II, many illegitimate children. Sir John Stewart was appointed sheriff of the islands of Brute. Cambrai and Aaron by his father in AD 1371. He was called the Black Stewart because of his deep black skin. Sir John Stewart shouldn't be confused with the with his two other brothers and sons of King Robert II who were also called John Stewart. Yeah, child, because I start to get confused when folks are named the same and all of that jazz. Robert III, who was also known as John Stewart, inherited the throne from his father, Robert II, in uh, 1319. Okay. Um, all right. Okay, so that's that. Let's see. Uh, the Isle of Brute was developed into a small country by John the Black. It was in the Isle of Brute that he and his black offspring preserved the complexion of the black, dark-skinned stewards. Numerous of John the Black Stewart's descendants were baronets who were well known throughout the great British for their contributions. His descendants have produced some of the greatest architects, writers, and artists that England has ever witnessed. Now, you know what? That's really interesting. All right. So all of you carrying that surname Stuart, we've talked about this uh, several times. You really need to understand uh, the origins of that surname, okay? Uh, you can check out some of the other podcasts, how we went into um, King James setting up the 13 colonies. Uh, we even did a drop on um, how a decision was made to pretty much hide the race of the stewards, and I'll uh, link that video in this particular podcast as well. We're going to go over that source um, as well tonight uh, once <clears throat> we get to uh, the last steward that ruled. 
Okay, um, so this is interesting <clears throat> about the stewards uh, being architects, writers, and artists in England. Okay, so again, if you carry that last surname Stewart, any derivative, meaning different spellings of Stewart, is the same thing. Okay, because I think this W-A-R-T one, <clears throat> you all can correct me in the comment section. I think this is the French uh, version spelling of it. And then you have the W-E-R-T, and then you have the, what, S-T-U-A-R-T. All of that's still <clears throat> a derivative of the surname Stewards, okay? John, um, let me just say, many of his offspring served as lords, archbishops, military strategists, advisors, diplomats, and politicians. Now, interestingly enough, fam, that's why I'm, you know, advising the family, pay attention to these surnames, okay? Because if you start paying attention to these surnames, stuff will start adding up real, real quick for you. Extremely, extremely quick. Okay, now, now that we know what we know, what we know, meaning we know that the original royal bloodline with the name Stuart was a.k.a. black slash melanated. We can also look over in the Americas. Uh, the one drop I did, I kind of gave you the rundown of as the stewards were being taken out of power and they were going into exile, how they came over to the Americas. Uh, we saw them on the immigration records. There is even an immigration record with uh, King James Stewart himself, which he really didn't come over here. If he did, he was in and out of here because uh, we do have eyewitness accounts of him being other places in Europe and actually uh, where he passed in Europe. But nonetheless, the point being, we do know we have records of the black stewards coming to the Americas. Now, the interesting part about it is when you know this information, you know what you know what you know. You also see stewards that were involved in the early, um, quote, quote, founding father's cabinet. Matter of fact, uh, one of the stewards held a cabinet position under Lincoln's administration. Okay, Lincoln, who was also melanated. Okay, that's not what this video is about, but you can uh, go over to Kuimeo. He did a drop with all of the receipts and the sources about Lincoln being melanated. Okay, and you'll also see... Um, I ran across some information. It, it was actually an article that came out about a historical home out of New York that went up for sale. 
This was a couple years ago, fam, because the house was only, uh, it was upstate New York. I don't start me on what the little town was. But nonetheless, um, it was upstate New York somewhere, and it was a historical landmark because Harriet Tubman Ross, yes, uh, that name Ross is tied to the stewards. Harriet Tubman Ross was a steward. There are shipped manifest records with her folks coming over to the Americas. Well, in this article, it was saying that um, Harriet Tubman Ross and one of the stewards were occupying this house. And it talked about, of course, that uh, steward being involved in politics, this, that, and the third. Okay, so that was just yet another connection of um, the power, the political power that the stewards possessed. Okay. All right. So when you see that name Stewart, even to this day, I still see that name Stewart and folks being involved in politics. And that's around the world family. We saw uh, stewards over in, um, Africa ruling, uh, we saw uh, it was either Jamaica or Haiti. I saw stewards sitting in those different political positions, okay? All AKA black slash melanated. So we know how that came about because it's of a particular bloodline, okay? All right. Uh, so John the Black Steward and his father, King Robert II, and his children were the descendants of the Scottish King Kenneth Niger Duff Duffy, because Duff means black, black or dub, dub means black, who was a great descendant of Kenneth McAlpine Niger Val Dub. Okay. So John's mother was Maura Lech or Leech. Um, her first name Maura is equivalent to more, mer, more, 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 or more. The same as a more black Negro or Niger. Okay. So again, this source is the Negro rulers of Scotland and British Isle by Dr. John L. Johnson. I highly encourage you to uh, pick this book up, put it in uh, your collection, because it's a it's an easy read. He did an excellent job. You can certainly cross-reference his sources as well. Okay, so his father, Robert II, married Princess Elizabeth Murr, or Mary, or Murray, whose last name also means more Black, Negro, or Niger. The Scottish historian Mac Ritchie stressed that individuals using the name Moore and various spelling of the name Moore was of Moorish descent. The Honorable John the Black Stewart was the 16th great-great-granduncle of Elizabeth II. Okay, so uh, William Rufus... <laughs> Sorry, fam. Now you all know and I know. 
especially if you are of a certain age. So Gen Z, you may not be familiar with this. Um, millennials, I know you probably familiar with this and I know doggone well, well, Gen X, y'all know, y'all know somebody named Rufus. Now, come on now. Don't play with me. <laughs> I know y'all know somebody named Rufus. Now I'm not saying that there's not Caucasian Rufuses that exist. I'm not saying that. I can only tell you the Rufuses that I have said. I'm laughing now, child, because all the Rufus, you know, play uncles in them. Actually, I did have an uncle named Rufus. Uh, it was so long ago. But they were a hot mess. <laughs> so I'm getting what I'm getting at. I know Rufus to be a melanated person's name. Of course, I'm not trying to say that don't mean that Caucasians don't have the name. I, every time I hear the name Rufus, I done already formulated in my brain that that person is going to be a melanated man. So let's look at Rufus with his um, thick uh, gold chain on uh, child with the ring on every finger. A hot mess, like I said. <laughs> But let's continue. William II Rufus, who was the third son of William, first the conqueror, and Matilda of Flanders, ruled England from 1087 AD to 1100. So let's just real quick jump back over. Uh, let me see if I can blow this up a little bit more. So this is off of um, archive.org. And this is uh, Kings and Queens of Ancient Britain. Um, so let's just look at this. I think they did a good job laying everything out. Okay, so you could kind of see all of the different um, rulers and the different houses. I think they did an excellent job. So I just real just I'm showing you that so you can get a feel of where William the Conqueror falls into this. Um. So where's William at, Chow? It takes because uh, this is a lot, Chow. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So there go William and all of that jazz. Um, make sure there wasn't another William. Yeah. So there go William right up there. All right. So just making sure. All right, giving you some um, context of where that falls. Okay. So, um. Throughout his life, he fought, plundered, and levied heavy taxes against the church with no repentance nor mercy. One day while on a hunting excursion with one of his close associates, the black-skinned king, child, he was accidentally, child, you know, they'll take somebody out in a heartbeat about uh, them doggone ends. So the black-skinned king was accidentally hit in the chest by a stray arrow from one of his companions. Child, let me sip on this water. Okay, so y'all say accident. He was running um people up on them taxes. Folks didn't appreciate that. Following his death, he was succeeded by his younger brother, Henry I, who married 
um, Negress Matilda, the daughter of Malcolm III, who was descendant of the Scottish king Kenneth Niger. The king who violently stuttered in his speech is the 24th English great-great-granduncle of Elizabeth. Oh, the second. Now, I learned something new. I didn't learn me something new. See, I told y'all I ain't never met a Caucasian Rufus. The ancient name Rufus originally meant Niger or Black. Oh, but was later altered by future generations to mean red. Child, like I told you, I ain't never met a uh, white man named Rufus. Interesting. I learned something new. That's why it's important about these surnames and names. Uh, so you can know where your name came from. Okay, because I, I literally saw, I know where my entire government name, and it comes right from the region where my melanated ancestors, from black ancestors from Europe come from. I, I about fell out. I saw my on on the records documenting I saw the entire government name well minus the first name I had already researched the first name but you know that middle quote quote Christian name and last name I, I about fell out but even the first name I'm like whoa this is the exact region the records that show my European black ancestors, this is the region they came from. So none of it is coincidence, family. If you're doing your genealogy, you'll see where the names carried from generation to generation. That's for the women and the men. You'll see it. You can go through those genealogy records and you're like, oh, wow. Uncle so-and-so was named after blah, blah, blah. If they're not a junior, the women. Oh, wow. I So-and-so was named after great grandma or was named after her aunt. You will see the pattern. Okay. All right. So Edward the first, the Catholic King Edward the first, who was a dark skinned man, ruled England from 1272 to 1307. He was the eldest son of Henry the third, whose father was King John, the last son of Henry the second, who was the grandson of Henry the first and his negress wife, Edith Matilda, the princess and Queen Edith was the daughter of Malcolm III, who was the descendant of King Kenneth Niger. Edward I was popularly known as Long Hanks. He was teased about his unusual height, which reached over six feet. When most Englishmen... Ciao. When most Englishmen grew barely to five feet. Okay. 
So, uh, was it rare for it? it, it uh, let me reverse that up. It was rare for Englishmen to be tall. Okay. So I'm only pointing that out. <laughs> Pay attention to genetics. Pay attention to who is whom. It's really, really interesting. Once you start learning this information, you'll look at things with a different eye. Okay. He was also taunted about his long legs, arms, black skin, curly hair. And to speak with a pronounced lisp. Edward I is the 19th English great-grandfather of Elizabeth II. Okay, now some say that uh, the Brits, the Brit men got uh, short based on um, linking up with the, uh, the pygmies. Because coming out of North Africa, they were taller. Okay. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, whatever. Okay. Okay, so let's just real quick, I'm going to flip back over to this chart. So we can see. Um, here's where we are. We're at um, the House of Stuart. Now, if you notice... Let me just make sure I don't want to allow nobody because what I found out is that a lot of their, cause this is, uh, you know, the Kings and Queens of ancient Britain, but a lot of the ones that, uh, Dr. John L. Johnson had in his book, they weren't in here. So let me just cross reference just real quick. Edward the second. Da dee 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 Okay, because we are with the stewards. So, you know, I don't want to tell no story on nobody. Okay, yeah, I'm just making sure, right? I don't see them up in here. Okay, because we are in that the house of steward. Okay, um, the Moorish Catholic king with the second rule England from 1307 to 1327. He was the youngest son of Edward I, whose bloodline is traced to Henry the first. And his black wife, uh, Matilda, uh, Princess Edith, was the daughter of the Scottish king, Malcolm III, who was descendant of Kenneth the Niger. Edward resembled his swarthy father physically, but lacked his political skill and military wit. His period in office was marked by economic problems, public unrest, and poor judgment, which aroused much arguments within his government. After being opposed, coup d'etat, by his wife, Isabel, and her tall, dark hands, child, child, it's the tea, baby. Why she set her old man up, sus, you wrong for that, sus. Why you have your side, dude? <laughs> Child, they a hot mess. So, after being overthrown by his wife, Isabel, and her little side dude, 
And then y'all not no better up in the book. Ain't nobody asked you to add no tall, dark, and handsome up in here. Ain't nobody asked all that just being messy up in the book. <laughs> Ooh, and strongly built lover. Oh, my feelings would be crushed. I'm sorry, sweetie. That's not right. They just could have said her side dude and left it at that. Ain't nobody asked for all of this extra. So, um, girl, oof, mm, I had, nah, like I'm talking to a, a friend, uh, one of my sis, like girl. So, and strongly built lover, Roger Mortimer, Queen Isabella, treachery, adultery, and taking somebody out, child. That's the source for that. Child, you know, they straight wrong for that. Okay. But. The sad part about it that his father didn't prepare him for that role. So either he wasn't prepared for that role or it was just never a role he should have been in in the first place. But with all that said, Suss didn't have to do dude like that either. Nah. Edward was forced to vacate the throne and his son to his son, Edward III. Yeah, that's why our girl did what she did to have her son sit on that throne. Child. He was later taken out at the Berkeley Castle. Dang. By the demands of his wife, Isabella. King Edward II is the 18th great grandfather of Elizabeth II. Baby! <sighs> That wife, Isabella, wasn't no joke. Child. All right, so here go the little son. <sighs> the black Catholic Moorish king, Edward III, ruled England from uh, 1327 to 1377. He was the eldest son of Edward II, whose bloodline is traced to Henry I whose wife was Edith Matilda. The princess Edith was the daughter of King Malcolm III. So, yeah, we talked about that. There are some old portraits that exhibit Edward's African features by which he inherited from his um, father and grandfather and grandmother. Okay, so just, just to be clear, this is still melanated, melanated, black, 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 blackity, black, black, black. Edward's ill judgment and military skills surpassed his father and grandfather. Child, who taught him all that? Was his his mama and um his mama little sad dude? His reign restored England's, England's prestige and economic growth. His sister, Eleanor of Woodstock, married the dark skin. Renard the second, the black. All right, so y'all with that name, Renard. Okay, still, uh, you know, just another reference. So, again, just to point out, so far, all of these folks are melanated, melanated folks marrying melanated folks, and they're only marrying people with connections. They're not marrying, quote, quote, commoners. 
King Edward III, also known as Edward of Windsor, is the 17th great-great-grandfather of Elizabeth uh, II. Today's white portraits of Edward III are fakes. Okay? Yeah, like uh, everybody else we done named back. All of them are fake. Okay, so Edward the Black Prince... Um, Edward of Woodstock was the elder son of Edward III. He became the Prince of Wales, okay, and a great popular military leader at the beginning of his father's reign. Okay, so his father prepared him for the role too. The prince died from a long-lasting illness a year before his father's death. Oh. When his father, Edward III, died, the throne was passed on to the Black Prince's son, Richard II. Edward was called the Black Prince because his, of his black skin and his obsession to wear black armor. Okay. Um, the French called him Lenore, the Niger. So again, it's a lot of blackity, black, 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 black being thrown around. For these people not to be supposedly and allegedly black. His French Moorish mother, Philippipa, I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly, possessed a wide mouth, full lips, flat nose, dark hair, and skin. Okay, so we now know that how the hijack comes into play because. Uh, Everybody, uh, the popular, popular lie is if you have skin that is of a dark melanated hue, copper, red, you come, everybody come out of Africa. And if you have Caucasian skin, you came out of Europe. So when they started to switch out the empire from a melanated empire to a white empire, it was easier just to slip the terms in. Well, such and so was French because you've already re-educated the population to equate being European to white. Okay. But that's not the truth. That's not true history, okay? Because clearly you can be black and be from Europe. That is why it's important for everyone to do their genealogy. That's including Caucasians. Do your genealogy, right? And melanated people in the Americas and uh, what we're calling the Caribbeans, when you're doing your genealogy and you run across that European, don't assume that they're white. Go further. Start doing some cross-references. Go to military records. Go to uh, the genealogy from that said European country. You will find out what their race is. All right, so there are also paintings of his father, Edward III, and brother John of Gaunt, 
depicting them as having very strong African features. Five warships of England's Supreme Royal Navy have been named HMS Black Prince after Edward the Negro or Black Prince. Okay, so y'all up out of um, England, uh, there's a fact for you. That's interesting. All right, let's get into these James's. The Negro, Catholic, Moorish, Scottish, King James I steward was the son of Robert III. James I steward became king in AD 1406 to 1437 his grandfather was Robert II the son of Marjorie also called Margaret so okay so now I know we dating names okay these are the baby boomers you know Auntie Margaret Auntie Marjorie (laughs) but now y'all know where these names come from No, they did not come from white slave masters. Go check them genealogy records. All right. Uh, Who was the daughter of Robert the Bruce, who was the descendant of the Moorish Scottish King David I, the youngest son of Malcolm III? King Malcolm III was the nephew of King Kenneth Niger, a descendant of Fergus Moore, a forefather of Kenneth McAll, Penn or Pine. Remember, uh, Kenneth McAlpine started the entire dynasty. Okay, this particular bloodline comes out of North Africa, hence the Moors, Africa and Ethiopian. Yeah, because they have an Ethiopia connection. In also, all right. So James was taken out in AD fourteen thirty seven. And was succeeded by his son, James II, who was succeeded by his son, James III. King James I is the 15th great-grandfather of Elizabeth II. The name James was originally called Haynes. Yep, we should know this. I mean, you know, those of us that have been rocking with us a while. We talked about this years ago. That the name James was originally called Hames, because remember the J didn't exist back up in the day. Or Hamish, or Hamish, long before the Roman invention of the pagan letter J. Ham or Hames is the root word of ham, meaning, child, shut the front door, child, I didn't want me something new again. So it's the root word of ham, meaning Niger, Negro, or black. Okay, so I know y'all, well, when I heard ham, I thought of the scriptures in the Bible. Now, y'all, those that know me, y'all know I don't rock with the Bible like that, child. I'm far from breaking out what specific scripture that came from and how that tied to this and that and this. But please feel free to drop down in the comments, fam, and break all that down for us. But I have uh, child, so ham means black, child, 
So let me just real quick jump back over to this source. And this is the Kings and Queens of Ancient Brit. Um, House of Stuart. Okay, so here's where we're at. So notice in the House of Stuart, they left out all the mother stewards. Okay. All right. So right now we own James the first. Okay. All right. So let's go to James the third. Let me just jump over here and see if he on here. Okay. So in this particular drop, uh, he left out James the second. So this is the Negro rulers of Scotland and the British Isles by Dr. John L. Johnson. Okay, so the Negro, look at him with the a diamond in the back, sunroof top, the gangster lean, ooh, ooh, ooh. Every time I, <laughs> every time I see a hat like that, it reminds me of that little Rackley song. <laughs> All right, let me stop being silly. But child, it, that's taking me out with this hat and they little hair. Because I was talking in the comment section. I think it was, um, was it Charles? King Charles, I posted earlier today or yesterday. Charles Stewart, they had the perm, the long perm, super flat perm. And he was like, he might be mixed. I'm like, I don't know all about that. It could be a wig. So uh, the brother that put that in the comment section, you see how they all got this perm look, right? And they skin was described as black. So child, I don't know if they had an ultra perm, <laughs> an ultra perm up in there, or if they was using some grease and water. You know, us women, we know about that. Melanated women know you put that grease and water in your, your hair and braid it up and sleep on it. And then overnight, you get up the next morning, take it out, and baby, you got them crinkles and it's on and popping. So I don't know if they was doing that back up in the day. Or they had they was going to the little beautician and they was pressing they stuff out. <laughs> I don't know any of that. Or if it was a straight up wig. All right. But all right, let me stay focused. So James the third. The Negro Catholic Moorish Scottish King James the Third Stuart was born the son of James the Second. He became king at the age of eight. Here we go with this mess. In 1451 to 1488, his great uh, great-grandfather was Robert II, the son of Marjorie, also called Margaret, who was the daughter of Robert the Bruce, who was a descendant of the Moorish Scottish Pitts. Because remember, we, in this series, discover that the Pittish, or I don't know if some say the Pites, or just forgive me if I'm not pronouncing it right, but we do know today that that uh, translates to Pitts. P-I-T-T-S. King David the First. The youngest son of Malcolm the Third. King Malcolm the Third was the nephew of King Kenneth Niger, a descendant of Fergus Moore, an ancestor of Kenneth McAlpine. Okay. So he's continuously breaking down the genealogy of folks. Okay, so now again, you should understand how these different steward bloodlines because who we on we on the third right let me just make sure yeah i didn't want to so this is the steward so now you should understand how the stewards 
falls into uh, this original uh, bloodline. So the McAlpines them. Okay. And as you notice, as we're going through these different rulers, you even see their spouses. They're tied to a monarch. Okay. So you didn't just, you know, because you up in love or love. They wasn't playing it. They wasn't having that. That you finna get married to somebody. Because then uh, that means, okay, you married to that person. That means our assets, you know, assets that they didn't stole, by the way. You know, I'm I'm just saying, because they do go into these other territories. Now, let's keep it all the way real. They go into indigenous people's territories and set up their monarchs. Okay? They call it government or whatever the heck you want to call it. Whether or not you want to slap the church up onto it. Bottom line is, these bloodlines, they go into indigenous people's territories and control the assets and the benefit of those assets which uh, the original beneficiaries meaning those that should be benefiting from said assets the indigenous people they don't get those benefits anymore those assets now become the assets of these particular monarchs so they take marriage very seriously it's a business for them they ain't trying to play with you that's why they document stuff to the hilt okay now it is said back up in the day um even within these different monarchs the courts so meaning you know they boys them and you know the queen with her girls them they just couldn't marry somebody because you were in love. They had to get approval. Okay? They wasn't having that across the board. Okay? Because even their court, they was given assets and stuff to, uh, you know, they boys them and the queen to their girls them. So they were partner up, folks. Accordingly. Now, I'm not going to say that people were not in love. I'm just telling you that love regarding marriage, that wasn't, oh, okay then, well, whatever. So, hence, why it was so many side babies. <laughs> Popping up all over the place. Okay. Because again. For these folks. It's about business. Keeping their empire business going. So their descendants. Can have. Perpetual. Income. And control. Of territories. Forever and ever 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 and ever. All right. 
Okay, so it's saying King James III was succeeded by his son James, who married Henry VIII's sister Margaret Tudor, the mother of James. Uh, ain't that the fifth? Yeah, who was the father of Mary of Scott, the mother of James the fourth, or is that the sixth? The sixth, the king of both Scotland and England. King James the third is the thirteenth great great grandfather of Elizabeth II. So just real quick, we're gonna jump back over here. Okay, so there's third, who we was just on. That's the fourth. Okay, and then this is uh. King James the fifth. All right. We're going to get into um, a little bit more supplement material on the stewards on a minute. Okay. Uh, James the fourth, who married Henry the eighth sister, Margaret uh, Tudor, the mother of James the fifth, who was the father of Mary, blah, blah, blah. So let's see if they get into um, King. So this is King James the fourth. Let me see. I just want to see for grants. Now they look different. I would love to know where these pictures came from. Okay, there go the super fly hairstyle again. So, child, I don't know if that's bare grease. I don't know what type of grease and water they using on it. Um. Okay. But, you know, if that's his hair, it's pretty, boo. Your beautician laying it on out is pretty. So the Negro Moorish Catholic Scottish King James the Fourth Stuart was the eldest son of James the Third. He married Margaret Tudor, the sister of Henry the Eighth of England. James the Fourth, like all other Stuart kings, was the descendant of Robert the Bruce. Who was the who was a descendant of the Scottish Canmore Great Chief Dynasty, which first ruled by Malcolm III, a blood relative of Kenneth Dub the Black. King, uh, James the Fourth's reign was marked by bitter dynasty conflict over succession between between rival branches of the dynasty. When James the Fourth was taken out by his brother-in-law's army, child, his son James the Fifth succeeded him. King James the Fourth is the twelfth great-great grandfather of Elizabeth the Second. James the Fourth was a brilliant king who spoke Latin, French, German, Flemish, and Spanish. Okay, he was well averse. He won many battles before suffering a disastrous defeat at Flodden Field. James IV was the last king of Scotland to be taken out in battle. Okay. All right. So uh, just real quick. So this is the uh, King James we all familiar with. Um, you know... We're going to um, just real quick, I want to just jump over to uh, the Stewart family tree. Um, I forgot where I got this from, y'all, so don't ask me. 
Okay, so again, we've already, we're going through all of the, actually in this series, we've gone through all of the rulers of the House of McAlpine. So you could see on this side, um, the House of Bruce. Okay, so you could see the connection of the House of Bruce to uh, the stewards. Okay. So just showing you a different view of their family tree. Okay. But what I did want to show y'all. Um, do da 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 Oh, there's that Ross. Okay. And I'm only pointing it out because Harriet Tubman was a Ross. Okay. So I'm just showing you that. Um, Earl of Ross. Well, first of all, that Ross is a territory. Okay. So that's where that surname Ross came from is some territory. Uh, but just to show you again, uh, that Ross name being connected with the, uh, with the stewards, you could clearly see house of steward. Robert II and um, you see that Earl of Ross on there, okay? Okay, so I just want to show you all that, just a different view real quick. Um, I also wanted to show you, um, I want to show you King James' parents. Um, well, what happened? I thought I had his parents up here. My bad. I thought I had his parents. I didn't lost it. Uh, thought I pulled his parents, but this is Queen Margaret of France. Okay. Oh, here it is. Okay. Um, well, this is, uh, Queen Mary and um, Philip of Spain. Okay, so let's get back into the Stuarts. So James V. Okay, this first time I'm seeing him with his stuff pressed out, <laughs> either pressed out or with uh, grease and water. <laughs> Because I'm used to the picture with him with the fro. We'll get into those pictures in just a sec. So the Negro Catholic Moorish Scottish King James V Stuart was the eldest son of Margaret Tudor, the sister of Henry VIII. So let me just uh, jump back over. Okay. There we go. Oh, shoot. Now, that's what I get. All right. Uh, he inherited the throne at the age of one in 1513. His distant grandfather, Robert II, the son of Marjorie, was a descendant of the Moorish Scottish Pitt's king, David I, the youngest son of Malcolm III. King Malcolm III was the nephew of... 
King Kenneth Niger, a descendant of Fergus Moore, who was an ancestor of Kenneth McAlpine. Following the death of his father at Flodden Field, his mother and her second husband, Douglas Earl of Angus, virtually hid the infant king from public view and exercised complete government control. When James became the uh, became of age and learned to administer his own authority, he then conducted public reforms, cared for the poor, settled borders and island disputes, and opposed the growth of Protestantism, which he viewed as heresy. Okay, and I find that interesting uh, because the Jacobites. Uh, which is really a political party that formed to put the Stuarts back on the throne, but many of them were Protestants. Okay. And I think I pointed this out before I have a uh, separate drop about uh, King James not being a Protestant or a Catholic. Okay. And how he used both religions as really a political tool, which they all do, okay? And many people were like, no, no, he was a Protestant. Okay, uh, so you say this is like the third time we've seen where he wasn't, okay? All right, but James V's first wife was French because, yeah, I thought they hid him in France. James' uh, first wife was the French Madeleine de Valois, the daughter of King Francis I, who died two months after their marriage from poor health. The king's second spouse was the French uh, widow Mary of Guise. I don't know if that's Guise or Guise. It's probably Guise. The mother of Mary, Queen of Scots. Okay, I didn't know he had a wife before her, though. In A.D. 1541, following the death of uh, James's mother, Margaret Tudor, the king quickly broke an alliance with his uncle, Henry VIII. You know, uh, Henry VIII, who just uh, doggone a divorce. I'm just going to put my ex-old lady up on trees and charges and put her to death. I think he put two, two of his wives to death. Uh, we know of Anne Boleyn, and I think he did it to another wife as well. Yeah, that, that Henry VIII, hot mess. So the king quickly broke an alliance with his uncle, Henry VIII, and misjudgingly launched an unsuccessful attack upon England. See, I didn't know that either. I didn't even read this part because I just swore I knew everything about King James V. Following his defeat at uh, Solway Moss, the king became grief-strucken and died six days after the birth of his daughter. Uh, James V, a descendant of King Niger Kenneth, is the 11th great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather of Elizabeth II. He was succeeded by his daughter, Mary Stewart. Queen of Scots. Okay, so let me see where we're at. 
Okay, so I'm going to uh, stop here, but I do want to go over some more supplemental material and then we're going to pick back up because I don't want to rush through um, the women. Uh, so just some more supplement material on um, the stewards. Um, bear with me. I had so many sources, fam. So, this is a source. Uh, shout out to a gentleman on um, Facebook. Shout out to Knowledge of Self. Um, I highly recommend. I know a lot of, you know, especially uh, folks that are heavily on Instagram. I don't do the gram, child. I just don't. I have too much going on to keep up with the gram like that. But if you are on Facebook, uh, check out um, Knowledge of Self, phenomenal information regarding uh, the black Europeans. Okay, so this particular source came from him. Um, and it's just another source saying, the sh uh, and this source is the... Uh, the with the historical sketch of the islands embracing an account of the sawdry jar under the Norsemen. Okay, so this is about an account of the steward's complexion, uh, the sheriff ship of Aaron and Boot was shortly after conferred by Robert II on his natural son, John Stewart, known as Black Stewart, from his dark complexion. Okay, so just another source of um, those stewards being dark. Okay, so another source I wanted to go into, this is going to be... Um, Wait, before I go into that, I had actually a couple of more sources. Okay, so this is another account, and I, I'm getting this again from um, Knowledge of Self. Shout out to Knowledge of Self. So he pulled this source from the Telegraph. Half of all men in Britain with surname Stuart descended from royalty. That's why I'm telling y'all, if y'all carrying this surname Stewart, peep game. Okay, so child, let me try to blow this up for you, fam. Stewart, Earl of Boot and Lord Mount Stewart. Um, so it's basically saying it is saying, I'm just gonna skip down to this. Uh, they literally, I don't know what, I can't make that out what that is, y'all, of Sir John Stewart, commonly called the Black Steward from his complexion. Okay. Charles II was, in the popular language of the day, a tall black man. His height was about 5 feet 10 inches. Okay? So another account 
um, the king had left Brighton. Soldiers came into the town to search for a tall black man. They're referring to Charles II, six feet, two inches. The king's swathy complexion with its effect heightened by dark periwig. Nah, I gotta look up here what periwig is. It's the most distinctive feature of all his portraits. So just to reiterate, we're looking at the Stuart bloodline. We have John Stewart being doc documented as black. King Charles black. Okay, swathy, dark complexion, black. Okay. And so he just put in here the definition just for those that want to play like they don't know what swathy mean. It means black. Okay. All right. So uh, let me... We have one more account. Okay, that was the Telegraph, right? Oh, they both might be the Telegraph. Okay, I think we kind of went over this, but this again is from the Telegraph, and this is um, from uh, Knowledge of Self. This is his source. Um... Okay, I think we went over that. I just want to make sure this is the thought I clicked on a different one. Okay, so just as a reminder what swathy means, swartz also means black. Swath. Okay, spelt two different ways. Okay, so in Dutch, that's how swath is. Uh, it's like wath or froth. Black, dark brown, tawny. Tan or tawny is the color of chestnut. Okay? So you can't even say tawny is Caucasian. Caucasian is going to be um, fair. That's what they usually say, fair or milky. So again... Swathy, dark complexion, black, tawny, red, copper colored. Those are not describing Caucasian people. It is not describing mixed race. All right, so let me make sure. Is that the right one? Um, yep, we went over this one. I think we did. Yep, we went over it. Okay. Uh, yep, 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 yep. All right. So I did want to go over those uh, two sources. So just real quick. With um, King James, this is just another portrait 
of King James Stewart. Okay. And actually this, uh, it's not this one, but this is the one I'm used to seeing. I see, I see them throw this in a lot of stuff in, in, um, a lot of backgrounds and stuff in the period movies. I'll see them slip this portrait in. Okay. All right. So I want to share that with the fam. I did have one more piece of information that I wanted to share with you. Um, now I'm going to be upset. Did I pull the right source? Oh, this is the one I wanted to share with you. Um, so this particular one, uh, they are literally going over. This is the last account of uh, King James the fifth. It's the last account of uh, his days. Okay, so they uh, go into... Uh, where he was hiding out, it was in Europe that he was hiding out, okay, um, and I had to jump around on this because it is a um, pretty hefty book, uh, but it is, uh, he's not a priest, he's he's some, some title up in the church, child, that um, had very close connections with the Stewart family, and uh, he documented King James' last days. Uh, it's very, very interesting. The thing that jumped out to me was he pretty much said, um, I observe the name. I shall not say the race of the stewards. So, you know, as you read through this, he's pretty much saying how... They struck the race, so meaning the stewards being black, being of Moorish descent, how that was stricken out of the records, the official records. Okay? All right, so the next one, uh, this is the Queen Mary is saying... I reckon we lost our religion in some measure by the union of the crowns and the Scott kingdom went off in her son when he went to England and in the last of that, in the last of that race, a woman to go no further lost our sovereignty in the union of nations. Okay, so I'm just in my mind saying, is Queen Mary pretty much saying yeah, you know, that was the last of the uh, black rulership. We They started switching out black rulership with Caucasian rulership. Now, let's be clear. That was purposely done. Okay? Make no mistake about it. It was pur uh, purposely done. Okay? Because these are empires. They don't care about your color. It's about your bloodline. How does your bloodline fit into play with this empire? That's what it's about. Okay? 
So either you're marrying into it. And when you marrying into it. You still had to come from a certain bloodline. Okay. So you're coming from uh, one of these other. Let's flip back to this. One of these other uh, monarchs. Now that's just for, for Scotland and England. That ain't including France, Germany, Spain. That's how they marry. Okay. All right. So um, that's all I wanted to share with you, fam. In part eight, we, we will pick back up. And uh, finish up the stewards. So where are we? Okay, because we still have to get uh, to um, King James. Okay, so I'm in the wrong James. See, I be getting confused, y'all. So we still ain't done. Okay, so we still got to go to six. Okay, so we'll get there, though. We'll finish up the stewards, but I definitely want to go through... Uh, with the other stewards, I don't want to leave anyone out. So we're going to pick back up with Margaret Buford and continue on. Okay. So I hope you all got some value out of it. Um, please drop down in the comments and, you know, please add your extra insight as well. Um, I am happy to see the fam connecting your uh, individual genealogy with these particular bloodlines. Uh, a lot of folks are sharing how it's all lining up a lot more. It makes a lot more sense lining up their bloodline and understanding where their folks are in all of this as well. Uh, so that's a great thing as well okay so um shout out to you all uh, keep doing what you're doing uh searching for your folks okay and uh shout out to all of the other content creators that do this particular work as well it's uh, much appreciated and respected um so thanks again to knowledge of self on facebook check him out he does phenomenal work uh, he's actually waiting on, uh, waiting on, he's actually writing a book. I can't wait until he uh, finishes up that book. Um, so shout out to, uh, thank you so much, the Negro rulers of Scotland and the British Isles. Thanks to the sis that put me up on this book. But this is by uh, Dr. Uh, John L. Johnson, same surname as myself. And then the other source we're using is from archive.org, Kings and Queens of Ancient Britain. Um, I will leave links to these particular sources in the description. I hope you all got some value out of this. Uh, if you are not subscribed to us, I highly encourage you to subscribe, like, and share. Uh, this is Rhonda with WTUZ Radio Podcast. Peace and love, family.